Welcome to the Raising Parents podcast. I'm Amy Adwell-Palker, and I'm here today with our guests, Rich and Morgan Daly, congregants here at Highland Park Church, parents of three young boys, ages seven, six, and three, and members of our worship arts team. And today we're going to be talking about creating a meaningful Christmas, discovering the conversations and the decisions that prioritize a joyful, peaceful, Christ-centered Christmas for your family. So, Rich and Morgan, we are so happy to welcome you today to our Raising Parents podcast. And I know that through the years, you've learned a few things about keeping Christ at the center of Christmas and peace and joy. And we want to hear about that today. And I would like you to tell me there was a defining moment in your life as parents that caused you to rethink how you want to celebrate Christmas. So, Rich, can you tell me about that? Yeah, so... um just a few Christmases ago when um, when we just had James and Drew and they were both toddlers and um, we were you know it, we had just we had just gone through a year where we're, we're getting used to having two two boys and they're busy and um, it was great and so we went back to our our home which is in western Nebraska and we did four Christmases and it was full. Four Christmases. Yeah. Tell me, what was that? Yeah, so uh, Morgan's got a big extended family, and um, so, you know, and, you know, three sets of grandparents, and so we hit all three sets of grandparents, and so... And then um, the extended family. And the extended family, and it was great, and it was it was very full, and we got a lot out of Christmas. Mm-hmm. And then um, we, we loaded up the car, and we came home, and we walked in our front door, and we had saved our... Christmas for last and number five major mistake and we walked in our door and we just Morgan and I just we unloaded the car and we sat on the couch and and we thought wow we we prepared this this Christmas morning experience for our boys and we saved it for last thinking that would be a good idea but we were just we were tired Mm -hmm. and we just kind of let the boys go crazy and and so I think ultimately we we made a shift and we decided you know we really want what we want for our children is for them to um, wake up in their home on Christmas morning if possible so that they can they can not be moved from place to place and um, they can be the focus they they can um, really just of, of our exp- attention of our they yeah. can get all of our attention yeah yeah That's beautiful. I think a lot of parents can relate to that experience of Christmas where, especially I know as a mother, the holidays can require a lot of us, whether that is shopping or wrapping or cooking or decorating. It seems like the to-do list on Christmas never ends Mm -hmm. and it can leave us feeling really depleted. Even as a newlywed, I remember it was December 24th and we were going to the Christmas Eve service that my husband and I were leading at a little church plant in California. And I was like done. My energy meter was like a one out yeah. of 10. And he looked at me and said, it's Christmas Eve. Don't miss it. Yep. And I was just so exhausted from all I had been doing for all those weeks. And so that's become a sentence in our family. It's Christmas Eve. Don't mm-hmm. miss it. Yes. Because it's so tempting that all of our doing around the holidays can take us away from that joy of being with those we love and connecting around the meaning of Christmas around Christ and his birth. So tell me about the shift that you made 
the following year where you said, let's try something new. Let's do something bold and different. Mm -hmm. Let's acknowledge the season of life that we're in and make a choice for us. What was that like, Morgan? Yeah, so the next year we we charged through December just like normal. We did Christmas production here at the church and we did Christmas Eve and um, it was busy and exciting and I thrive on busyness. I just love it. Um, and so Christmas Eve came and we did the two services here at the church and took the boys home and did our thing, which is fried food and and appetizers and just all the things that are bad for you. And we, <laughs> it was great. And we got to tuck our boys into bed that night um, after reading um, the Christmas story out of Luke. And um, then the night before Christmas, that's their, their pairings that they get on Christmas Eve. And we got to tuck them in and Rich and I got to stay up and, and do the little bits of things that we hadn't ever gotten to do. We got to bring out the, the final touches to the tree and um, put out baby Jesus because baby Jesus can't can't be there yet until Christmas morning. And then we just got to wake up when they wanted to wake up and they got to experience Christmas in their home and got to do a day with, with resting parents instead of parents that were running around and doing everything for everyone. We just got to do what they needed us to do that day. And that was to play and to pay attention and to be present in their lives. How did that Christmas at home with your boys, with choosing intentional simplicity, mm-hmm. how did that feel different for your soul? Oh goodness. It gave us a chance to rest and it created kind of a Sabbath out of Christmas for us. And that was, that's something that we have really clung to um, since then is just the remembrance of Remember how great that day feels because we get to rest and be our, our people. Sometimes I think the best present we can give our kids is our presence. Absolutely. Absolutely. And so often I'm guilty of this as well. The hurry to buy and to wrap Mm -hmm. and to perform. And they just say, you know, I want to play with this cardboard box with you. I want to wrap myself in the wrapping paper and put the bow on my head and sing a funny song. We have videos to threaten our children with if they misbehave <laughs> as her teenagers now. But, you know, that being with, and I will say many times uh, my mom and sister would join us for Christmas mm-hmm. and I would do all the hosting and the cooking and we had it at my house so the kids could nap and I would be pooped after the meal. And so they would engage, you yeah. know, and play with them and play Uno and make, I said, if you give a big project, you are making it with my child, Absolutely. you know, and I would, you know, be napping on the couch and that's okay too. We're just saying what works for you? Have the courage yes. to have the conversation with your spouse that says what's working. Mm-hmm. Let's do more of that. Mm-hmm. What's not working. Let's do less of that. So maybe for our listeners, it still involves some travel or seeing family. We're not yep. saying the only way to do Christmas is to stay at your own home with your immediate family. But we are saying have the courage to talk with your spouse about what is working at this unique stage. Because toddlers, babies, children that need naps, teenagers, every stage is different. And we have to make adjustments yeah. to be peaceful, whole, joyful people yes. and enjoy the holidays. Yes. Awesome. So we're encouraging a Christmas convo, the Christmas conversation. Yep. 
And as the kids get older, I love engaging the kids in that conversation Mm -hmm. where we say, we'll sit down with our family maybe this week and say, Christmas is coming. What do you want to make sure happens? Mm. And so each person in our family that's big enough to talk can ask for the food, the tradition, the habit, whatever it is that means a lot to them. So we can get really clear, um, especially when they're older, when they're tiny, you're creating the traditions, Mm -hmm. but you can get clear. What do you want? Mm -hmm. And then we can ask the question, is there something we do that you're not really into? Sometimes we're working so hard to maintain a tradition that no one's really invested in. So we can let some of that go. Yep. Now with regard to presents, you guys had some great ideas and strategies for what worked with your family, how to manage the chaos Mm. of the plastic boxes and paper and trash. And just sometimes our holiday becomes inundated with stuff and commercialism. So how do you guys work through that? And and I think that some of that too is just totally unintentional because you get wrapped up in all the excitement. It's just wrapped up. Yes. Good one. You get excited and it's like, if you don't, if you don't sit down and, and figure out and agree where the boundary lines are, you're not going to have boundary lines Mm -hmm. and you're just, I mean, the world is going to tell you to just keep going. And so that was, I think huge for us is we, we started to sit down and decide where the boundary lines were. Mm -hmm. So we have a planning session. It's 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 a date night, but we call it our planning session. And we go into it and we say, okay, um, within the last few years, we've started doing five gifts. And it's something they want, something they need, something they wear, something they read. And then we added the category of something from me. And the me is rich in myself. And so we'll go and have our planning session. And we will talk through, okay, what, what does this child need? What has this child expressed that they want? What And we'll do each of the categories and we'll make a plan. Typically, Rich lets me just handle finding them because I can shop the different things. And um, it just makes it easier because we're not scrounging at the last minute. Our goal is to always be done by Black Friday because then we can enjoy December mm. and not be stressing about getting that last minute perfect thing because we've already decided what we believe is perfect for our child. We don't want the TV to tell us. Ah, so you are taking time mm-hmm. to think through each child in these categories, decide what you're going to get and go get it. Yep. Instead of, oh, I'm going to get that and that and that. It's kind of like the difference of going to the grocery store with the grocery list. Yes. yes. Versus going hungry. Yes. And being open mm-hmm. for all of their suggestions. Yes. Well, and absolutely. And the thing is, too, with with some of the, with, with some of our kids, it's, it's hard. It's like, we really, ha- and it's, it's a good process too. Cause we, we really think through what is it about this kid? What is it about Drew right now? Yeah. You know, he's, he's, he's kind our of our one. wild card because he, everything he loves is outside. And what do you do outside in the winter other mm. than sled and ski and do all those things. But mm-hmm. it, I think that it really gives us a chance to talk about who our kids are and how they are uniquely made. And, um, it's, I think it's a good practice just to, just to remember who our kids are. Mm -hmm. Awesome. You mentioned something to read. Sometimes that could be a great time to purchase like a children's Bible or some kind of way to encourage them in their faith. That's just at their level that focuses Mm -hmm. on what they're interested in as well. And we actually do the same things for Rich and myself. And two years ago, he, he did, he bought each of us an ESV 
um, Bible because he wanted for us to have the same translation so we could read together. And so, so cool. It's a great idea. So leveraging gifts yeah. for spiritual growth, for mental growth, for practical life, for encouraging the interests and passions that kids have. I know in our family, the grandparents and the relatives, they'll say like, hey, we want to get them something. Do you have ideas? So I take my gift list and I let these family members, okay, here's what I think they need. Purchase those things. And yeah. I don't go crazy because yes. we have enough items. When they all come in, all the things I've thought of from the different relatives, mm-hmm. it always ends up being more than I anticipated. And I remember so many early years where I got things and then grandma got things and grandpa got things and cousin got things and church people get things. And at the end of the day was like, there are too many things under this tree. And yeah. some years, okay, kids cover your ears. Some years there would be so many gifts as we were opening that I would start throwing some into the attic <laughs> and say, this is just too much. We're going to use this in the Easter yes. basket or at the birthday present. Because when they all came together, mm-hmm. the expected and unexpected gifts, it was just, it was overwhelming. It was yeah. Yeah. They could drown. They could die in a pile of wrapping paper. And yeah. they yes. what they like most is the box in anyways yes. when they're tiny <laughs> you know one time i saw a documentary about the lost boys of sudan and these young men were in a refugee camp on christmas celebrating the birth of jesus mm. and they literally had nothing and so the way they celebrated was by marching in this big um, movement of people like this thick parade of humanity singing and dancing and jumping and clapping and hopping and beating their chests. And it impacted me so mm. much because with nothing, they use their bodies, they use their souls to celebrate mm-hmm. the birth of Jesus. And it really revealed to me as Americans, we have so much stuff and materialism and trappings on Christmas. And I'm not saying throw all that out, but to be aware yeah, as we want to bring our kids back to the heart of Christmas, it does get co-opted by mm-hmm. presents and Santa and give me and is there more and what yeah. else? And I mean, I have seen wrapping paper, you know, almost hit the ceiling fan and kids saying, what's next? Yep. Is there more? You know, I'm thinking, oh, Heaven help us. How to how do we keep yeah. Christ at the heart of Christmas on Christmas morning, but also the month of December? Mm-hmm. So I'd like to talk to you guys about what has worked in your family mm-hmm. for those moments where you can come together with your kids and say, this is a spiritual holiday. Mm-hmm. This is a Christian holiday. And here's what it's about. I know not every moment is going to be like that, but what are some of those moments you've had and things that have worked for your family? Yeah, so I I grew up in a in a tradition that celebrated um, Advent before Christmas. The Christmas season didn't start until December twenty fifth, and so um, and can I, you tell us what Advent is? Yeah, Advent is <laughs> is the um, it's the start of uh, the liturgical year, and it's it is the 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 I don't know the process of preparing our hearts in anticipation for the Lord's incarnation. So we're remembering that Jesus came to this earth and he was incarnate. And we know that he has returned to the Father and that he is coming back again. So we're, we're, we're trying to build that anticipation. I just remember as a, as a young child, just the songs we used to sing. And I just remember we, lighting the, the Advent candles on, 
on each um, Sunday and just knowing that Christmas was getting closer and closer. And it was just like the anticipation of Christmas because I was looking forward to that because, you know, presents and food and all the good things. But um, it's just, it's that finding yourself in that um, anticipation and yearning for Christ's return, um, I think has been uh, very important to me as, as an adult and just realizing that that was what, that was what I was really looking forward to, even though, um, you know, as we lit each candle, I, I just was like, Oh, we're so much closer to Christmas. And so. That is so cool. It reminds me of the scripture that says, thanks be to God for his indescribable gift. Yes. Mm -hmm. Talking about the gift of Jesus and rich, as you shared about the, practice of advent which is celebrating those four sundays mm -hmm. before christmas in the liturgical church calendar mm -hmm. taking a moment to pause and certain practices that we'll talk more about on those nights to remember jesus i just felt there was a peace and mm -hmm. a calmness and the spirit of god in the room with us mm -hmm. where he's calling to us mm -hmm. he's calling to our busy families get in the car we're yes. late yes. we gotta go put on your sweater where's yes. the gift he's calling to us to create moments mm -hmm. of joy and connection and memory and traditions are just repeated activities that symbolize important things mm -hmm. and bring our minds back to that so rich what does advent look like for your family with these young boys how do you practice it? What do you need? What do you do? Yeah, so so we have a, an Advent candelabra, which is different than an Advent wreath, but we've got the four candles, well, the five candles, um, the four candles that, that represent hope and peace and love and joy and Christ. And what we do is on Sunday evenings um, at dinner time, we, we light a candle and we um, share a scripture that that goes along with the corresponding theme. Um, so for hope, we will we will read um, from something that something from the liturgical uh, list that that describes that idea. And then we'll we'll go to the Bible Project and watch their video on the word study um, for hope. And then we have a conversation um, at their level to talk about what that idea means to them and how does that how does that mesh with their reality and is that what they're really feeling and, or is that what they should be feeling or is that what they should be focused on? And so it's been a good reminder for us as well. Absolutely. Now, Morgan, what does that look like? Where do you do it? How long is it? You know, it's not, it's not a long time because they're three young boys. And so their attention span is, is very minimal, but we sit at our kitchen table uh, or our dining room table, excuse me, because at that space, there are no toys, there are no screens, there are no distractions. It's just our five. And so we set the the candelabra in the middle of the table and Rich will grab his computer so that they can watch. That's the one screen that will allow, um, but they'll watch it and then he'll close it up and we'll put it away. And then we just sit around and eat dinner together and have that conversation. And so the lighting of the candle and the scripture and the watching tends to happen before dinner and then the, then the conversation can happen as we eat together. And it just kind of adds into our, our family time of, of sitting and sharing a meal and talking about God and all the things that he is and, 
all the things he does for us. Now, Morgan, you mentioned that one of your boys connected with Advent in a mm. way that was surprising and delightful to see how deeply things had been going in. Can yeah. you tell us about that time? Sure. So at, at James's elementary school, they do projects and their winter project was tell us something about um, a tradition in your home that's related to Christmas. Bring a visual aid and have the information and then there'll be questions for you to answer and I was thinking through, I was like, gosh, what is he going to choose? We are one of those families that bought into the elf on the shelf. And I was like, please don't choose elf on the shelf. I don't want to, I don't want people to know. (laughs) Um, But he, he came to me and he said, mom, I want to take the advent wreath or the candles. And um, I always call it a wreath, but yeah, he says, mom, I want to take the advent wreath. Is that okay? And I, I just melted because I thought, gosh, here is this small six-year-old at the time in first grade being more bold than I am to take this this Advent wreath and explain who Jesus is and have these Jesus conversations at six. And so it was just, it was wonderful. So we sat down and they had a paper you filled out and we talked through it so that he could tell us what he knew and then we filled in any gaps and I went and I watched him present it at school and it was just so amazing to watch what we'd been doing that sometimes feels like it falls on deaf ears. Yes. To watch it come to life and have that have that reassurance that it's sticking. It's working. <laughs> and I often call this parenting in the dark. Yes. Especially when they're little. So you're doing the right thing and you're putting it in, but you cannot see the fruit of it yet. Yes. And so when he was able to stand up and tell his classmates, mm-hmm. we see evidence of what's called latent learning. Mm-hmm. So he learned it by watching, mm-hmm. by watching the modeling and by listening. And then it shows up at a future time. Yes. You say, oh, it went in. It's yes. so exciting. As we were preparing for this, I noticed that both of our families have been doing Advent mm. for the last two years. You were going to say something, Rich? No, I just, I, I, uh, it reminds me of, uh, you know, it just reminds me that we're just called to plant seeds mm. and ultimately God's going to water them and make them grow. So if we just, if we can just be obedient and just keep planting seeds, God will water them and make them grow. Awesome. One thing I try not to do in our family is to shame ourselves when we don't finish something or didn't get it perfect or we missed the first week of Advent because it's right after Thanksgiving. Seriously. So we always (laughs) just say, we just keep starting again. We keep trying something new. So whether our listeners want to try Advent this year or whether they want to listen to, you know, they want to read library books about Christ at Christmas Mm -hmm. or whether they want to watch short videos about Christ at Christmas or read scripture verses or do a myriad of other things. We're all exposed to Pinterest and the internet. There is no shortage of ideas. What I want to say is you don't have to do them all. Yeah. It's okay if you don't finish, Mm -hmm. but let's keep trying. Mm -hmm. Let's keep creating those moments where you put Christ at the center. One fun thing that has happened at my family over the years my kids had the little people nativity mm-hmm. and they would reenact the story of Christmas in their own words with these little people action figures. And so one of my children really loved doing that with dad. And so I think it was Abigail. So Abigail and dad rehearsed the story of Christmas so many times just playing together, just like they would play with their dolls 
or action figures, and they got so good at it. And Abigail would say, may it be to me as the Lord has said. And it was just, (laughs) it was so fun. And we had, you know, you know, like a Barbie and a GI Joe thrown in there too. And they would act out the story and they were so engaged with the story and what the characters were feeling and experiencing. And one Christmas morning we had a neighbor and a young man from China visiting. And we said, can we share with you the Christmas story? And they did it. Our, it was like a three-year-old and my husband with these action figures. And so we want to encourage this idea of godly play where kids can engage the story yeah. and play with the story and act it out just like they would with other stories. So we will act out the Easter story or the Christmas story or, you know, Jesus ha- healing the lame man. So we, whether we're dressing up in costumes and acting it out or using right. little action figures, we just right. want to communicate to our young children this is important. It's fine. What were they thinking? What did they say? I remember one of my kids, they said, when the angel came to Mary, Mary said, oh, you know, and so just having these fun family moments about imagining. Yeah. Kids are so great with imagination. And that's really where we find that joy of Christmas. Yes. That our kids and us together experiencing a spiritual Christmas. We've got all the other stuff too. We don't Mm. have to throw it out. But we can enjoy the heart, that peaceful, connected bit of Christmas. Well, as we wrap up tonight, I want to encourage our listeners that I will have some resources Mm, on our website, which is hpcc.church forward slash family. And there will be some resources for keeping Christ at the center of your Christmas together. And as my family celebrates Advent, it's very similar to what the dailies do, but a little bit different. We have our candles which is usually um, three purple, one pink, and one white. But if you're hearing this and you have you have anything you want to light, that's fine. We are flexible. You can that's use right. tea lights, you know, whatever you've got. Lighting the candle, reading scripture, praying together, talking about the meaning of scripture, and then we always sing a carol. So since the dailies are the most musical, beautiful <laughs> duet that we've got here, they oh, have agreed to sing a song for us called O Come, O Come, Emmanuel. And this song is over 500 years old. It was written in Latin. It was actually part of a funeral dirge, this melody, mm-hmm. this ancient song that is the soul calling out yeah. for the Emmanuel, God with us. It's a longing of our heart to be connected with God. And that good news that Jesus came to be with us as an infant and then a man and a savior, and that he's coming again. As yes. Rich said, we're between those two comings. Yes, We're after the first coming and we're waiting for his return. So we will close our program today with the beautiful words and sounds of the hymn, O Come, O Come, Emmanuel. Oh, come, oh, come, Emmanuel, and ransom captive Israel that mourns in lonely exile here until the Son of God Rejoice, rejoice, Emmanuel shall come 
to thee, oh.